if you're going to take the risk of running advertising online, shouldn't you get the benefits of learning from someone who's in the platforms every second of the day? Welcome to BidPixel.com's Marketing Ear Biscuits, the original podcast dedicated to digital advertising run by two Aussie guys who ride around in kangaroo pouches and drink Fosters and 4X beer. All right, welcome to Marketing Ear Biscuits. So very shortly, I've got Paul Finch from our team joining us to talk a little bit about real estate and answer some questions for someone. And I've also got the uh, the good-looking, the ravish and dapper Jay Janis joining me for a quick conversation as well. So today we're going to talk about a few new things. Uh, there's a new feature in Instagram uh, advertising, so you can now add royalty-free music to your Instagram story ads. So not confusing that with your stories. You can now put the music on your ads as well. Very, very TikTok-ish. Um, we're going to answer some questions from Lisa B and some answer some questions from Gene Hennessy, uh, all about real estate and lead generation. And then we're going to talk about what are the must-haves for e-commerce advertising. Uh, finally, a bit of a note to our current clients who are using Shopify, just some changes that we're seeing and some issues that we're seeing with uh, Shopify and catalog feeds currently. So sit down, put your seatbelt on, put your phone down if you're driving, turn it up if you're on the train and dig into this episode of Marketing Ear Biscuits. Thanks for listening, guys. <coughs> Good Afternoon. I should not be saying good afternoon because people aren't going to always be watching in the afternoon, are they? Hey, Jay, you're a welcome face that everyone knows now. And hey, Mr. Finch. Paul. Hello. Good I'll say good afternoon too. Welcome to uh, Marketing Ear Biscuits, Paulie. This is your first appearance on it. We've already subconded Chris to one. It's your turn, mate. And we want to pick your brain about real estate stuff. You're our go-to real estate advertising guy. Um, so we're going to chat about that. Uh, first of all, I just want to talk about some hype. There's a new platform release for Instagram. So Instagram stories, you can now put music. It sounds very similar to TikTok, right? Yeah, um, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you can now add royalty free music to your Instagram stories ads, uh, and you can use optimize, you can use the, you know, customize and optimize the placement in your stories when you're creating them in business manager. So you've been able to put Roll a few music on your Instagram stories when you create them on your phone, but you can now do it within Business Manager on your ads as well. So, well done, Instagram, for being TikTok. Um, next thing we wanted to talk about was a couple of shout outs. We asked some questions online yesterday, and we've got two that we're going to follow. So, Lisa B. Uh, Lisa is the moderator or admin of a. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. I think we need to add a little bit more preamble at the beginning. We can edit this bit out. But Why do you mean more preamble? We just kind of got straight into it. Well, we don't have time not to. It's got to be conversational. How was your morning, Jay? Well, not that far. <laughs> <laughs> How was the last half an hour, Jay? Busy. <laughs> Done. Paul, was your last half, half an hour the same? Uh, stopped for a bit of lunch, actually, which was fantastic. Nice, nice. What else do you want to add in, Jay? I don't know. Just a bit more. How you going? Introducing Paul a bit more. Actually... And a summary of what we like normally what we're going to talk about in this episode. Let's just start again from scratch, eh? Cool. Actually, no, we won't start again from scratch, but I'm going to clap this so I know where it was. That was a really bad clap. Uh, so, Paul, you are our real estate guru when it comes to advertising. Who are you and what do you do for us? 
Yeah, well, I've been on the BidPixel team for over a year now uh, and, and loving it. So I look after a number of real estate clients and e-commerce clients. Um, also get to do a bit of photo and video work, video work on the side, um, which I really enjoy. Uh, but yeah, just love being a part of the BidPixel team. It's good fun. JB, any questions for Paul? No, he's just a dead set champion. That's uh, all I've got to say. Absolute legend. All right, so we're going to do a few shout-outs or questions that people have submitted to us. So Lisa B, who's an admin of a rather large Facebook group for real estate agents in Australia, just asked us, like a super simple, high-level question, what are the common mistakes that real estate agents make when advertising? Uh, Paulie, you're probably the one to answer that. Um, I'll just actually, I'll preface that quickly. Like, so REA, realestate.com has now come out and they're charging for appraisal leads. So unless you have like the all-in option where you do premier listings for every listing in the agency, now if someone clicks your profile and asks you for an appraisal, you're starting to pay for that. Uh, There's a bit of an uproar and it's kind of like that reactive lead generation. So Paulie, what are the mistakes that agents make and what do you do that's a little bit different? Hmm. Yeah, well, look, we work with a number of different real estate agents, you know, uh, you know, big uh, sort of luxury properties in the middle of Brisbane City right through till um, your small town, you know, we've got some, you know, more country properties out Dubbo way. So quite a, a, a big kind of range of different agents that we've worked with. But I guess it's using um, Facebook isn't uncommon in real estate, but it's how you use it. Uh, a lot of people sort of see it as just a little, uh, a lot of agents just use it as a little added extra just to kind of, um, you know, share their property or anything like that. But uh, I guess is the strength that we've seen in it is the ability to use it in being proactive in searching for potential sellers and potential buyers uh, within your local area. Um, so the cool thing about Facebook is they know when people are searching for properties uh, and they know when people are looking at mortgage calculators or if they're looking at selling. Um, so the people with the behaviors are there sitting ready. Um, so you can actually be proactive and get your properties in front of them or your services in front of them. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so that whole, that's a bit of an archaic industry, right? That's, um, they don't really know how to use the opportunities that are there for them. And, the, the cost to actually do that, like we always talk about the cost of a DL brochure and delivering that to a letterbox is you can get far cheaper reach and you, know, you can reach people when they're ready to consume your content. They could be sit, literally sitting on the toilet and see your ad for an appraisal instead of having to go to their letterbox. Um, Jay, you bought a house recently, as did I. Well, how was your experience? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I don't, I'm probably, I'm more a digital only focus. So, you know, normally when I go and get the newspaper or stuff out of the letterbox, it doesn't make it into the house. It gets dropped off at the bin on the way through. Um, the only thing I seem to take in the house these days are the bills. Um, but I'm not one to really go through and look at, you know, at, the, at the real estate flyers that are dropped off. Um, they all look the same. They all act the same. They all do the same. Um, for me anyway, as the consumer, um, that was, you know, over 12 months ago where I bought. Um, and it just didn't really serve any purpose. Um, I'm more actively, I'll go on the hunt. I'll jump on websites and see what pops up on, you know, my Facebook feeds and I'll, I'll actively, you know, look into what I want, you know, are the properties I'm interested in and the price range I'm looking for. 
Yeah, look, I found the same experience. I bought six months ago now in January and I just found that I wasn't really looking online. Oh, sorry, I wasn't looking in the newspaper. The newspaper is dead for that industry. The deal brochures that I was getting in my rental property, which was just down the road from where I bought, I wasn't even interested in them. Uh, they went straight into the bin because there was just too many of them and they were all very vanilla. They said, all, they said the same thing, right? Um, I actually really love Alex Phyllis used to do some really good ads and just promoting a sold listing. So as soon as he sold a listing, he'd just do a drop in for a kilometer or two radius around that property that he sold and just talk about that property and what he got, what value he got for it, how many days on market it was. And just something simple like doing that drop in for people who live in that area really gave him a good result on potential <laughs> appraisal leads and potential selling leads because people could actually see he was physically in the area. I think uh, you've done that for Chris Moyer on Sovereign Islands as well quite consistently haven't you Paul? Yeah so, and it's definitely across our agents it's one of the things we encourage them to do um, organically as well as with paid advertising is show the people in your area what you're doing show them what you're up to show them that you've been selling properties um, and so that people can see hey you know what this agent's active and they're, they're seeing success in the area so they may not have considered you previously but to actually see that success you're having um, without having to look too far, it's coming up in their Facebook or Instagram feed. Um, it just, it's that brand awareness stuff, getting that front of mind of like, okay, well, this agent's performing well. I'm thinking about selling, maybe I'll get them in to have a look. Uh, so it's a really effective way of, yeah, just keeping your name in front of the right people. I think the stats don't lie either. So uh, cost per thousand or a CPM metric, which is what a lot of traditional advertising goes by. Uh, print media might cost you 26 to $30 for to get in front of a thousand people. Whereas like a really simple brand awareness campaign on Facebook about selling a listing could, you could be doing it for like what, five to $10 per thousand people, right? Like that's, that's a lot of reach for very little money and you're not relying on them picking up the paper to actually see that ad. It's like literally every time they pick up one of these things, they'll see your ad. Mm, yeah. uh, all the time it takes to walk the streets and physically delivering them oh man like what? archaic right um, <laughs> yeah um, cool alright anything else on real estate before we move on to the next one uh, no next question all right. So next one was from Gene Hennessy. Uh, Gene's been around the bid pixel traps for a little while now he's down <laughs> Melbourne way hey Gene uh, Gene has asked what is the number one tip that you could give for lead generation and Jay you can have this one. <laughs> um, number one tip without a doubt is follow up the leads. Yes. <laughs> and Are you supposed to do that? Yeah. It's, yeah it is incredible how many, how many times we, you know, people either don't follow up leads or they follow them up a week or two later. Um, it, like, it just to me makes no sense. So um, as a consumer, I'm... Like using the real estate you know, example, when I was looking, you know, when we, me and my wife were looking to buy a house, I would have 12, 13, 20 different tabs open on my browser at one time, looking at all of the different agencies in my area, trying, you know, and, and comparing, seeing what's around. And when I'm online and I'm filling out a form to, you know, let's say to go to a university and study a degree, you know, I'm not looking at one university. I'm looking at several universities at exactly the same time. And when I'm hitting submit and submit and submit across those forms, I'm expecting those universities to contact me to, you know, to find out more information. 
Is there something, you're not, is there something you're not telling me, mate? <laughs> no, I've been there, done that. Um, but got the yeah, hex debt. Yeah, got the hex debt to prove it. Um, but but you know, for anything, yeah, if if you're looking to you know for I know a lawnmower, you want you want to have your lawns mowed. Jump on their website, fill out the form. You're expecting this tradesman, you the lawnmower guy, to get back in touch with you. At the same time, I'm inquiring at other three or four or five other law mining companies in my area that service. Yeah. It's going to be the first one that gets back to me that's probably going to get the job. Consumers want instant gratification and instant, you know, kind of like answers these days, don't they? That's that's yeah. our digital age, right? You can't, and um, we get a lot of clients when we coach them when they first sign up and you ask them, you know, did you follow up with their leads? And they're like, oh, yeah, we followed them up by the end of the week. I'm like, that's just not cool. Like, literally, if you haven't followed them up in five to 10 minutes, you probably won't get them or you'll, your chances will drop dramatically. And we yeah. see it all the time, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. And there's a lot of data coming out and research. I think that Facebook has been putting out is saying the optimal follow-up lead time is five minutes. After five minutes, the drop-off rate for a conversion um, is is dramatic, you know, extremely dramatic. Cool. So, Gene, the number one tip for lead generation is make sure, and I know you're talking from the agency buying space, the number one tip for lead generation is make sure people are following them up. Sales is the second part of lead generation, right? And a Facebook advertising agency or an advertising agency in general who are generating new leads aren't selling or closing. You still need to be able to close those effectively. And that's the, that's the number one way to actually make your advertising work is to follow up. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to touch base quickly, Gene, to give you a little bit more information on there. Kind of a number one tip we've seen at the moment and we've been practicing on for a long time is test different lead generation options. If we're talking Facebook advertising alone, use Facebook lead forms, uh, test them against website conversions, making sure your pixels set up to track conversions on your website properly, uh, test out messenger bots and see how you go with them. You'll find different industries react differently to, to lead conversion. And uh, say six to 12 months ago, lead gen forms within Facebook were getting really expensive, like $50 a lead. And we actually pulled away from using them. But in the last probably quarter, the last three months, uh, we've been firing them back up again. And the leads are just going crazy again through lead gen forms. It's like, it's almost like Facebook, in my opinion, gave messenger bots a bit of rope and let them go. And then uh, reining them back in and it's now getting cheaper to play within Facebook's ecosystem and using their lead gen forms. Like, I don't know if you agree with me there, gents, but that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, depending on, like a lot of it comes down to is, <clears throat> you know, we do see people are very precious about their websites and they think their website is the best thing and it might not be ideally optimised for the user experience and the ability to test out the conversion rate of a website against the conversion rate of a Facebook native lead gen form. It also it just gives you a bit of an insight into which way is going to put going to perform better. And the beauty of digital <laughs> is that you can be very reactive to what's going on. If you know, if you're seeing website conversions dramatically cheaper than Facebook lead forms, you can just optimize the budget that way and vice versa. If lead gen forms are optimizing and they're coming in cheaper, then um then your website conversions we can allocate the budget that way and it's just getting better bang you know or more bang for your buck at the end of the day that's it so don't rely on one method test and optimize and continue to test don't then settle for the one that's working and leave it for three months test again right yep. always test paul have you got anything to add to that 
Yeah, well, like one of, one of my clients I have at the moment running two different types of lead generation. One is through uh, an optimized landing page and one is through the, the native Facebook lead generation. We're finding actually at the moment that the costs kind of, um, one will be ahead one week and then it sort of swaps a little bit, not dramatic, um, but it's, it's good to keep an eye on that to make sure like what Jay's already said about optimizing your budget to make sure it's going towards what's performing the best to give you the best chance at getting leads for a good price awesome, uh, awesome. rather than just kind of blindly going into one and hoping it's the one to work test use them both at the same time mix your budget around um, sort of give yourself the best chance at um, your budget doing what it can do best awesome good word good value thank you guys that was awesome so the just the number one tip for lead generation follow up your leads and make sure your customers are following up their leads Gene actually just emailed me. Mate, we're talking about you and you've emailed me. That's weird. <laughs> uh, follow up your leads. Make sure you're testing and optimizing. Cool. All right. So next segment, we're going to talk about must-haves in the industry. And today, Jay, I want you to lead this one. What is the must-have for advertising in e-commerce? Super simple. Three points. Get it out. <laughs> three points. Um, branding is probably one of the most significant things. So everyone's probably aware that you know drop shipping has been a huge thing in the e-commerce industry for several years now really um, and it's such a saturated market you know people finding one product and pushing that one product and doing whatever and it's all relying on the product branding is different branding is building the business itself so you know it's strong branding people know who you are as a business not just what you sell you know they become um Get building community around your business and around your brand um, yeah. is, yeah, I think really crucial these days. So you know, we, we all know when we see a KFC <coughs> or a McDonald's um, golden arches, you know what that represents. We know what that means. And, and the brand is strong. You know, we're seeing, starting to see the, I guess, the surgeons of that come through e-com stores where you see the name of big, Ecom brands and you know who they are and what they do and, and you can relate to that and people have an affinity for those brands so brand specific and community specific rather than product specific i think is um is a must-have these days awesome that number one number, number two one. second one would be being engaged with the process um actually no let's change that so having a clear objective that's measurable and that's consistent what do you want to achieve are you wanting brand awareness? Are you wanting conversions and purchases? Um, are you wanting both? You know, what is the objective that you want to achieve and being consistent with that objective? Um, Don't chop and change, right? Like stick yeah. to something and make it work well. It's not going to happen overnight. There's no magic elixir. Do something and do it well for quite a while and then measure from there. Exactly, yeah. And, and look at your, your attribution. So when you are, you know, when you're running an objective, don't measure it just on the day. What's happened in the last 12 hours or how my sales been today because there is a delayed attribution. Look at it over a wider, a, a wider window, a three, seven, 14, 21, 30 day window of how that, how that objective has played out and what you've tried to achieve and then respond to it accordingly. 24 hour windows that we find are just not accurate enough and strong enough to actually have informed decisions off. That's number two. Third one is be engaged with the process um, and not precious with your ideas. 
So um, be brand specific and, and true to your brand, absolutely. Um, but when working with an agency, be engaged with it. Understand, know what they're doing and, you know, be nosy. What are they doing for you? How are they doing it? How are you being represented? Um, but also, they are the experts. You know, they know what they're doing, you know, ideally. You'd hope. Um, you'd hope. I'd like to think what, you know, we know what we're doing. Um, and But listen to them, have an open ear. And, you know, using that real estate example is what tra- what's translates maybe on a letter drop might not translate well on the social platform. So being not being pressured with this is how we've always done it, this is what we want to do, is social media is different. Social media, people engage differently in social media. They have a different mindset when they're browsing Facebook. Match them where they are, you know, and a good agency should be able to help guide you in that. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Very good, mate. Paul, any clarity, insights on that? Not, not much more to add. I think Jay's kind of really hit it on the head there. So, but yeah, definitely all those three, branding, your story forward, they all connect together. Not, not really too much more I can add to that. Cool. All right. Let's wrap this one up before we talk about what we're going to discuss tomorrow. Jay, I just want you to touch base. This one's more for our clients, our current e-commerce clients using Shopify as their platform. Jay and Paul, can you just speak a little bit into, there's a few issues with Shopify and Facebook catalogs at the moment. Um, Don't go into specifics of clients, but what do people need to be looking out for at the moment and what are we seeing happening? Um, So one thing we're seeing at the moment, me and Paul were just on a call with a client just an hour ago, um, is catalogs just some, and and it's definitely not every Shopify store. um, They're, you know, it has been reported, um, but it's not every store. Um, issues with um, one issue with catalog feeds um, not syncing correctly between you know, the Facebook shop function in Shopify mapping across correctly to Facebook, which you know allowing you to tag products in your posts and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we're working on some workarounds with some clients at the moment to try and rejig the catalog sync and using third-party apps and that sort of stuff to re-enable that so that is something to be aware of so if you're an e-com store and you have a catalog jump on make sure that the feed is uploading correctly um, and look at the errors so you know business.facebook.com click on catalogs and check for errors on those uh, product data source feeds Good word. So super simple to check. If it's not feeding properly to your Instagram, uh, you'll find that you probably can't tag products in your Instagram like yep. you usually could. Uh, it might not might be filtering through properly to your Facebook uh, catalog on your actual Facebook page, or it might be disrupting how your catalog's reading on your ads and your dynamic product catalogs. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Cool. So just get in. It could take five minutes to check and just make sure that everything's tracking okay and it could save you from a world of hurt in seven days' time when you realise that it wasn't working. Awesome. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Thanks heaps for Paul. You are shared a small but very important part <laughs> in today's session. We'll get you back on in a, a week or two and have a chat about exactly what you do for BidPixel and unpack a little bit about your creative side in your videography and your photography as well. Um, For now, tomorrow we're going to talk about a few new platform releases. We're also going to talk about the top five questions on the internet this week. So there's a few things that we talk about, like do $5 ad sets work anymore? Um, How to put credit card details into Facebook and be safe with them? Um, 
Facebook ad manager not reporting properly. That's nothing new. And <laughs> if we and if we get a chance, we're just going to have a, a talk about the recent review that we got from Megan from Fawn and Finch, which is an amazing. Uh, Megan's an amazing little mumapreneur uh, down in Melbourne who's doing great things. Paul, yeah, one of your customers. We might even have to get you back to to chat about that. Um, guys, thank you very much. Fantastic little episode. The two of you provided a ton of value, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you very, very much. Nice. Thank you. 